This episode of the UNI podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Hi folks. Welcome to another episode of the UNI podcast. I am your host, Mifa Dejumo. It is lovely to have you listen in and join me on what promises to be another lovely episode. So, um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here, honestly. Um, I hope you subscribe to the podcast um, and catch up on all the previous episodes and seasons and possibly stay in touch. You know, you can drop your reviews, your comments, your suggestions as the spirit leads. Um, that said, before we jump into today's episode, a quick reminder that if you are a podcaster and a podcast lover and you are yet to sign up for the Ninja Pod Nuggets, now is your chance. The link to the sign-up form will be in the description to this episode and you stand a chance to be one of the first folks that will get the maiden edition of the newsletter in the coming weeks. Um, the Ninja Pod Nuggets is a newsletter that is coming soon from yours truly for the podcast community and for now that's all i will and can say about it anywho's um so without further ado let's jump into today's episode and for this one i had uh, an amazing discussion with a special guest a friend of mine since our varsity days her name is ugochi ibe as she shares her journey and passion for working with kids with special needs enjoy Uguchi, welcome to the UNI podcast. Um, it's great to talk to you. Um, I feel like this has been a long time coming because, you know, it's you now. And we've known each other for a very long time. So it's really cool that you're finally, finally featured on the podcast as you should be. So um, everybody listening, my guest today is an amazing lady. Her name is Uguchi Ibe. We have known each other since our varsity days, and it's it's been a roller coaster ride because she doesn't ever agree with anything I say. <laughs> but uh, you know what? We still keep pushing. So, um, Uguchi, it's nice to have you here. Um, do you want to like take a minute or two to introduce yourself? Okay. Good evening, everybody. Um, my name is Uguchi Ibe. Like Mifa said, I do not agree with everything he says. Yes, he's very controversial, but then he's my friend and I like him like that. So that's that. Um, I am a psychologist by training. I have a master's degree in child and adolescent mental health. I specialize in working with children who have mental health disorders that affects their academic performance. I am very passionate about children, very passionate from church to work. Everything revolves around children and working with children. I think that's basically it about me. Any other thing that comes up along the line, I will talk about. Thank you. Well, um, you wouldn't really say you disagree with me on everything because I know you both are, you agree with me that I am a very handsome, good looking young man, you know eligible bachelor and stuff so i'm sure we agree on that <laughs> but anyways to what we're supposed to talk about um so you said you you know you work with them um, children you're passionate about kids and 
um i just want to know how how did you get into this like you you studied psychology was this the plan initially like from the get-go was this what you were going for like did you get into psychology thinking i would like to work with children right from that point or did this um uh did this develop over time where you were like okay i would like to work with children now that i've seen so and so so how how did you come to that point where you decided okay i think i would like to work with children who have intellectual disabilities and stuff like that well i would say that it's i've always loved working with children right from childhood i've always loved being in the children departments in church and teaching in general and um, growing up i think while i was in secondary school there was a little boy that was born in my church who looking back now he most likely has autism although i doubt he has been um, assessed now i watched this child struggle with everything delayed developments not working on time not gaining um bowel movement control on time and everything and it was um i don't want to say fascinating but yeah it was fascinating and I, it piqued my interest because i could see that um by two years he wasn't working he was still being carried around and he was not in any school so it really piqued my interest in okay what exactly is going on with this child what can be done to make the life of this child better and um in my final year in unn i was already looking at my masters what do i want to do for my masters so i stumbled upon my the program i eventually did child and adolescent mental health that was in final year while i was writing projects i remember my project was on um academic poor academic performance in children in secondary schools in in Suka. i think i worked with three different secondary schools and i spoke to teachers who had who gave me their own opinion on the children they considered the dollars in the class and why they considered that and i heard from the perspective of the teachers what was going on with the children i was i was intrigued okay this is the perspective of the teachers what are the parents now feeling the children themselves what are they going through so i decided to look for a program that could get me into the minds of those children so that i could figure out okay what exactly is going on with them because i got to meet a number of them who were not doing well and at the stage i met them most of them had even given up they were not even interested in doing anything again so if, if i really wanted to find out what was going with them i really wanted to talk with them and somehow i found my program um ccam center for child and adolescent mental health university of ibadan and i enrolled immediately after masters i immediately after school i bookmarked the site and kept it for okay it was on my calendar immediately after p immediately after nyc we do this application so that was my it was already on my plan so by the time i was rounding up nyc i had already applied for that program and i got admitted and resumed immediately after nyc i finished my nyc in um, june i think by august i had resumed at ccam so yeah it is something i have always been interested in 
and my paths have crossed with people who helped to pick that interest who helped to fan that interest to life and who guided me in what i wanted to really focus my life on i think yeah that's basically it that sounds really cool so i feel like you're one of the few people who have this thing where you know when you hone in on something you want to make sure you do it as you see true basically and and it's really it's really amazing that you're doing that but i i do feel like how i i would i would want to know like because i feel like normally dealing with kids is tough like just dealing with everyday kids is tough so how do you now deal with kids who have these intellectual disabilities you know these special kids as it were how 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 does that how does that feel like you said you wanted to go into the mind of these children you know wanted to know how things are from their perspective i haven't heard from their teachers and whatnot so when you did have that opportunity what did you discover like is there something how how did you you know how did it change your perspective on you know on all the things you've probably learned you know the whole theories and whatnot how did it affect your perspective on how these kids had you know are surviving uh or in cases where they are thriving what what changed what was different you know i i think it, it would help if you could just you know help us also understand it because right now we want to be in your head we want to know how how it feels when you're interacting with these kids on a daily basis well i would like to start by saying that um like you said it's tough dealing with regular children not to now talk of children who have special needs in the same way it's also tough being a regular child because children are just growing up and navigating the world and learning the do's and don'ts and learning what is acceptable and what is not and learning how to speak and um, express themselves and what they should say what they shouldn't say reading their parents especially mothers you know that evil eyes mothers give you when you're doing something wrong children are learning how to learn those things and understand social cues and all the stuff now imagine a child who doesn't understand those things like literally doesn't understand those things a child you cannot be sarcastic to a child a mother cannot tell yes put it on my head now because the child will literally put it on your head (laughs) it's how he understood it now imagine being that child that child who doesn't understand being that child who cannot communicate there are children who um are non-verbal autistic children that's children who don't have speech in any form imagine being a child with no speech you're cold you can't tell people you're cold you want a snack you can say it you want water you can say it not because you don't want to but because you don't have the ability to speak i'm not saying they have auditory and um ent problems no they just don't understand the concept of speech the part of their brain that coordinates that is not functional it's not functioning now imagine being that child there's a lot of frustration going on in their minds they want to communicate they want to be part of their world they see children playing they want to be part of that play but they cannot because they literally don't fit in and there's still a lot of oh there's still so much prejudice and stigma around mental health in children so children who have mental health disorders are 
they're in a very I, I don't know the word to really use but they're in a very difficult place they want to be understood they want to communicate they want to do better down for those who have academic issues they want to do well they want to be the ones that are called up to the stage and giving prizes but they, they, they just cannot not because they're not putting in effort but because that's stuff that is being tossed they just don't understand it they've tried it's just not entering and then you see teachers calling them things like oludo calling them dollars calling them my parents are frustrated parents are angry parents are beating them parents are spending so much money on lesson teachers on this and yet it's not working it gets to a stage where the children just close up like they, they've told themselves that this one this school is not possible so we just say uh, manage it and keep they keep keep promoting us like that and everything imagine being that child it's tough it's a very tough place for them to be like really tough now the first thing to note when working with children like that is you have to be empathic you have to have empathy you have to understand their plight they need to be able to trust you that's one of the first things children who have mental health issues want literally they want someone who they can trust someone who they know has their back someone who won't call them or ludo when they don't pass someone who will look at them when they feel an answer and tell them okay i know you tried your best but let's look at it this other way someone who will use pictures to teach them someone who will sing songs to teach them someone who will break down lessons to the barest minutest step and make sure they keep repeating it on their until they understand it the truth of the matter is this it is possible for these children to learn it is very possible very very possible i've seen it happen it's very possible like i said empathy to the plight of the children and then you have to be their friend you have to you really have to be their friend you have to learn i have to i had to learn how to sing and how to dance and how to play hopscotch and how to play cards how to build blocks how to read story books sing song voices how to act out dramas in order to be able to communicate with these children because for some of them that play is how they communicate for some of them, the touch, the warmth, the feeling like oh, somebody understands me, somebody believes in me, that's what motivates them to put in that extra effort that makes them break the academic um, limitations they've had. So really, it's a very tough place for the children to be. And most times they are misunderstood by adults and then their peers stigmatize and don't play with them so they are not only not doing well academically they are missing out on the social interaction so like i said it's a really really tough place to be for the child a really tough place um our school system in nigeria is still not where we the, those in the mental health world will want it to be i was still a very long way from there but I, I can say we are better than we were while I was growing up, but we still have a very, very long way to go. The average public school doesn't have um, accommodation, doesn't make um, put plans in place to accommodate children like this. So, yeah, we still have a very long way to go. And hopefully we get there. Hopefully. I'm very hopeful. I think I have a sense of what you mean. Like, when you, when you were saying all those stuff, I tried to put myself in their shoes and indeed it will be it, it will be so so frustrating for 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 a kid with such intellectual disability to to kind of understand the world the way the average person would and in in a society like ours where 
we have um i think at least um, things are changing now but at least we still have people who think disciplining a child is is tantamount to you know spanking them or beating them silly imagine being that kind of a child in that environment where you you have issues understanding social cues but your parents your teachers don't have that patience to deal with that which which brings me to the point the next point like is it not possible that every teacher not just special teachers like every teacher should be you know trained in in this kind of in handling such kids you know at least teachers in, in the kindergarten in the crutch um area they should have that training to be able to understand okay this is how you react to kids with so and so disabilities or this is how you deal with them when they are throwing a tantrum instead of you know scolding them and say stop that don't do that you know try to understand what is actually going on and stuff like that so do you think every teacher like in this day and age every teacher should at least or anybody who wants to go into the whole um you know education sector should should at least have such a training you know and how how far do you think we should go with that because what you talked about empathy and empathy is a huge thing because i think a lot of people do not have empathy a lot of people have a semblance of empathy but it's not really empathy because i think one major one key factor for empathy is patience so how do you think we should go about this because i feel like just trying to stay in the mindset of the kids i feel like they deserve more they deserve better so well i i do agree with you mifa um it's important really that um everybody who wants to branch into the education sector in nigeria must have some form of training or the other on special educational needs it is very important however i will say this a number of teachers especially in the public school sector even private even private schools a number of teachers in private schools are not passionate about teaching no they're just in the school system because of the money even though it doesn't really pay that well and also because of the flexibility of teaching now when you're teaching are you a mother you know that you resume work with the children you close work with the children at your home you can take care of the kids so many of them are just in there because of the flexibility so they're really not passionate about teaching. So really that empathy is not there. It's not. So um, I don't think a training will um, put in that kind of empathy in them. It may help, it will help, but empathy is something that has to come from inside. It's something that has to be felt. You have to put yourself in the shoes of those children. And then in the public school sectors, we see very high rate of overcrowding and overpopulation now imagine a teacher that has to teach 200 children really how do you want him or her to pay particular attention to the one special needs child in the class no it's it's almost impossible now when things like that happen you now see them doing something we call dumping it's a situation where a child who requires special education uh, the thing is the mental health world and the special educational world advocates for inclusive learning 
This means that they advocate for children who have mental health issues to attend regular schools with regular children instead of being sent to special centers for special needs kids. The advantage of this is that they get to mingle with other children. They build up their social interaction. They learn. Children learn from social play. They learn a lot from that. They learn social cues. They learn how to play. They learn how to obey the rules and all that. So it's those are things that can only be gotten in regular school system however in a school that is overcrowded you can't pay special attention to that child with special needs no you see them just dump the child and ah uh, the child is there the child is not learning anything they know the child is not learning anything but the child keeps coming to school every day so really it's our uh, educational system is really poor like really really poor and um we have a very long way to go we sincerely do yeah, I agree. We, we we do have a long way to go. But what what do you think would be the right step to take? You know, first and foremost, I think I'm asking the question and I'm answering it. <laughs> but anyways, personally, I would think that there, there should be more awareness towards this. So in your capacity as a teacher, as uh, an advocate for mental health, and as an advocate for kids with intellectual disabilities, how have you been able to push that message towards, you know, the general public, uh, even your small circle about it, you know, encourage parents, do you have talks, do you, uh, do you have sit downs with parents, do you, you know, what do you do, what do you do that, you know, in your little way has been able to help push that, and how can you encourage others to do the same as well? Of course, I agree with you. Um, increased awareness is of the fir- very first step. And there has actually been a lot on the groundwork being done and a lot of campaigns, a lot of radio talk shows on mental health. However, I believe this needs to be taken down to the grassroots. It hasn't gotten to the grassroots yet. It's still on the surface. And so there's still so much work to be done in public schools regarding that. Well, within my um, capacity as a mental health advocate, I have given a lot of talks. Um, In my school in particular, we've done a number of seminars, not just for the... We have a special educational needs department, but the thing is a number of teachers who are regular teachers do not understand what we, we are doing, like literally do not understand. So we've done a lot of talks, a lot of um, seminars for them, and and then working with the children, speaking in my church. I've given a number of talks in my church on mental health and the reason why parents should um, seek treatment early for children who have mental health um, conditions. So yeah, really, within my own space, I'm doing a number of I've been doing a number of talks and number of uh, advocacy in one form or the other. And um, I think that's basically what I've been doing. The truth is this. I want to I want to be an icon in my field. So I will be going back to school by um, September 2021 to do a PhD in mental health. And um, hopefully this gives me a wider audience. This gives me a, a better access to funding so I can search for funding and um, set up facilities that can help children who have these challenges. So that's what I've been, that's the little I've been doing from my own end. Wow, that, that, that is awesome. Um, it's really dope that you're still planning on going back to school, you know, to get more information, to be able to, you know, do more. Um, 
I feel like it's it's not it's not easy, you know. But I, I I'm always super proud of people who who are able to dedicate themselves to a particular cause for good, and um, you know try to see it through. Um, uh, and you mentioned something about um, seeking treatment, though. I don't know if you'll be able to double back on that. How 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 does one seek treatment for kids with intellectual disabilities? If as a parent, as a young parent, you know what what are you supposed to look for in your child to give you the inkling that okay, this child might have special needs, and how do you go about it? Well, I will say this: the very first step in treatment is assessment. So before you know what therapy will work on a child, you have to assess and find out what exactly is the condition the child has. Well, those assessments um, um, kits are available in Nigeria. It's just that to an extent they are still pretty expensive because they are not very readily available. Many schools don't have resident psychologists who can administer, educational psychologists who can administer those tests and stuff so you have to go to a private practice practitioner and get those tests done or go to the government hospital and even many government hospitals do not have a child and adolescent mental health section so it's 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 still difficult within nigeria well the different signs and symptoms to look out for in for mental disorders this they are very um they're very different depending on the condition they're very, very different. But then the truth is this, a parent will know if a child is different. Let me pick um, autism as an example. For many autistic children, they do not meet developmental milestones. Now, every child that is born has a certain age they're supposed to be doing something. For example, a newborn baby is not expected to sit as a newborn no but by the time the child is four months five months six months max a child should be able to sit unsupported sit down six months seven months at max a child should be able to sit unsupported now if your child is um if your child is six months and the child cannot sit there's a problem if your child is three months and the child cannot support their neck on its own neck supports there's a problem this means you're holding the child and or rather you keep the child on your lap and the head just keeps lolling up and down they are not able to control their neck they're not able to lift their arms to collect things those are problems they are, those are symptoms of, of things like um like um autism presents sometimes uh, okay autism mainly presents as delayed speech and delayed um meeting milestones so something like cerebral palsy there's muscular dystrophy. The child can't control their muscles. The child does not stand when they're supposed to. The child doesn't have neck control. The child um, cannot sit. The child cannot grip things. So those are things many mothers are supposed to look out for as their children grow. So if, if these are things that many of the symptoms are observed from babyhood, from infancy. So as a parent, you have to be on the lookout. You have to be careful. You have to note when is this child doing this. I know that there are some children that do things slightly later than other children. That's acceptable. So we give two months, three months time frame for those developmental milestones. And these are things that are meant to be taught in hospitals, in antenatal care. But many times they are not taught. They are really not taught. So it, the mental health world is really trying to break into gynecology world so that 
that we have a number of charts now that can be hung in the gyne wards and the antenatal clinics and in the private um private and maternity wards so that mothers see those things while pregnant they see those things to look out for while pregnant so that they know how to monitor the child's development so the, many of these symptoms can be observed from infancy and then even things like intellectual disabilities oh yeah it can be seen you can see it you see a child that is not doing well academically i'm not saying that um the child is trying and doing well in other subjects and maybe not doing well in something like maths the child is not doing well in general the child is not doing well in general so there there's um those are things parents need to be on the lookout for and once you notice something like that see a doctor see a pediatrician they would assess the child and then know the recommendation to make and know who to refer you to because the earlier this mental health issues are detected the sooner treatment can be started the sooner therapy can be started and that way the child has a better chance at life so yes early detection and assessment then treatment that's how it works wow um i must say i have learned a lot from this uh, discussion um it's again it's amazing what you do it's amazing um the field you're into i've always been fascinated about psychology but just you know basic psychology but to go in depth to understand the psychology of kids and kids with them um, special needs that's just a whole different ball game and i i really commend you for everything you're doing and i, I would say this though like i feel like conversations like this should be had more regularly so that people can you know change their mentality towards some of the more archaic thoughts about mental health especially in kids the final question i would ask though and this is you're open to answer this or not is do you have any special stories any stories that you know resonated with you about your journey so far dealing with kids with intellectual disabilities something that happened that you look back on and be like wow this happened you know something that you could share with our listeners so you know just anything well um thank you for the compliment and yes i do agree with you in this talk needs to be had regularly and then even though there's so much information at our fingertips a number of people are lazy to research and if you so much as do a little research you are prepared even before motherhood you are prepared to know what to expect and you're prepared to know what to look out for even things like dieting in pregnancy can contribute to this um not proper care not taking proper care during the gestation period can contribute to things like this use of drugs use of alcohol there's so many things even falls accidents during pregnancy falls as uh, accidents in um, when baby is still very tiny and stuff like that fevers very high fevers a number of things that can contribute to mental health jaundice meningitis there's so many so there's so much information at our fingertips and um, as nigerians we need to take up the mantle of research ask questions check the internet ask doctors ask your pediatrician there's so much information out there if you so much as ask you will get it well in terms of stories ooh, i am a first a psychologist before a mental health professional so i am bound by confidentiality not to talk however i will talk about myself um i 
had a very crazy issue with mathematics growing up oh it was mad my result was always in red seven of a hundred six of a (laughs) hundred it was crazy i look back at my report cards from primary school up till secondary school it was ss3 that i finally had my break and one thing i can say is this i had parents who were informed looking back now i would say i had this calculator growing up as a child Um, i hated maths like i literally hated maths it made no sense to me absolutely no sense no matter how you simplified it and then my teachers were not patient so but then i had um this teacher in secondary school she wasn't my math teacher surprisingly she was my food and nutrition teacher and we bonded over food i love cooking i've always loved cooking oh will i say i've always loved cooking no she she lit that fire in me in terms of cooking she came i met her in ss1 when i started food and nutrition mrs onyechi uzoho um she was an amazing person like she is an amazing person. She's still alive. My apologies. And Antony, as she was fondly called, is she was the one that pulled me out. Pulled, like literally pulled me out. So my parents had done their best. They had pushed, they had talked, they had counseled, they had prayed, they had literally done everything. And through it all, they stood by me. They were very supportive. I remember bringing home report cards my dad and my mom would look at it and then they never compared me with my siblings oh they never did not for once my sister is my sisters and my brother (laughs) they're hot brains like their brains are out of this world literally out of this world my immediate senior sister is she's a genius i think that's really what she is she was topping her class just one to ss3 science student top she was just topping the class and then ss3 taught them she decided i don't want to do science again and she switched to art class this was two weeks before work and she wrote her work and she cleared it with a's that was to show you the kind of brain she had my parents never compared me with her never not for once they never compared me with her i remember bringing home report cards and daddy will look at it mommy will look at it and they will call me to their room and they will sit me down and they'll tell me baby girl we know you did your best but you can do better than this we know you tried oh we know we acknowledge that you did your best you tried but this is not the best god wants for you this is not the best god has given you the ability to do so put in more efforts more efforts that's what they did and they they kept encouraging me they kept coaching and miss zonechi was a strong support system for me in boarding house it got to a stage where i almost dropped out like i was literally tired like what is it and she would call me to her room and she would sit me down and she would cook noodles (laughs) she would cook a pot of jollof rice i would sit down and talk and she'll tell me, baby girl, you are bright. You do know you are bright. You are bright. You're just holding yourself back. All you need to do is put in a little more effort. And um, it was just all those things where seeds she was sowing. Seeds, literally. And I remember the two weeks break, we were home just before we wrote Wayek. My parents um, spoke to one lady in my church who is an academic to the core, like math, science, other science subjects. She's a guru in them. My parents spoke to her 
and she said oh that's fine okay she's my baby send her to my house so i lived in her house for those two weeks <laughs> it wasn't i was mad at my parents when i had to go at first but she is a teacher that woman was a teacher and um, her name was uh, mrs genevieve on she was a teacher she's an amazing teacher she sat me down we wake up in the morning we cook together we bathe the children we give the children work to do and then we sit down sometimes we go out we're walking on the road and she's explaining math to me we're singing we're dancing she's explaining math to me like she did different ways she took different ways to explain the maths and different topics we covered so many topics so many and by the time i eventually wrote my wayek i remember my mom called me the morning of math the almighty mathematics mommy called me and she told me or rather they mom and dad and they told me my mom in particular said ugo we don't know anybody in the university and we don't have any plans of begging anybody to give you admission you are a bright child god has given you the ability to do this now put in the best effort you can and leave the rest to god that was the night before work that they, the night before maths that they called me and it, it, it awoke something in me literally awoke something in me and i went to bed around seven that night by 3 a.m i was up and i remember just praying and said god you know i have studied for this exam you know i have done my best help me and i just kept i had three friends then um favor and ogoma and three of us were up by 3 a.m and we sat down and we were just picking random questions from the book and solving them together and cross-checking the answers different topics we just randomly picked questions from different topics and you won't believe it by the time we entered the exam hall those topics those exact topics we studied were what came out it was crazy like very crazy and we wrote our math exam and the results came out and it was amazing me that used to have seven over 100 in math i had a b3 it was when i saw the result like uh, are you for sure they did not switch somebody's result and give me because i literally was not expecting it same thing with post ume i had to write math in post ume you will not believe how terrified i was and the day i saw my name on the admission list i was like eh? or rather i didn't even see my name my sister called me around 1 a.m and she was okay she was already in school then she called me around 1 a.m and she was like i saw your name i saw your name on post ume on the admission list i was like you say good night and i caught the phone i went back to sleep because i really did not believe i would get admission really it's me I don't know how to do maths and somehow I got in and it, it's been amazing now I teach maths <laughs> like I literally teach maths to children and I find it easy so really all children need is people supporting them and cheering them up every step of the way you may not see the effects of that your support immediately but it's working it's working just putting a little more effort and push them a little bit more and you will see that child blossom by the time you look back at where the child is coming from, you'll be amazed at the great things they can do. Every child has potential to excel. Every single child, irrespective of whatever condition they have, every child has the potential to excel. And all they need is a little push, a little encouragement, and they will blossom. Well, this this was an amazing story. It kind of it kind of reminded me of my own struggle with math. Basically, I wanted to be like my dad. Like I wanted to have that 
um, that uh, analytical mindset, you know, to be able to see something and just be like, okay, this is this is this. And I feel like for a long time, I was striving so hard to make math something that was, you know, second nature to me. Like, it means just tell me one plus one. I'm, not, I'm just out there shouting two or something like that. But then I met this lady. She was a neighbor, a teacher as well, almost like your case, you know. She started teaching me math. And the ha- approach she took was just, was just different. Like... It, it was different because first she was a teacher, so she understood the whole patient thing. And then she made me see math as not, so, as not something that, you know, you have to be intellectually smart to be able to understand it. It's just something that you need to take your time. While I was trying to be like my dad who could, you know, just see a math problem and be like, oh, this and this is this and find the equal to answer. It, it, it turned out that my own process would be different. And she was the one that opened me up to that possibility. You know, um, we have a mutual friend who's doing very well in that field. We all, I think we all started like this. And he also has like a similar story of meeting a particular teacher or somebody that just, you know, changes the way you view things. And I think that is the point you were trying to make in saying, if everyone could, you know, do a little bit of research and find out more about this, it will better help you understand how you can, you know, relate to this case. What you might think is an issue is just because maybe you're taking an approach that isn't working. So it's really, really inspirational the fact that you were able to share your story. I really do appreciate it. And again, I appreciate you coming on the show and, you know, sharing your experience, sharing your thoughts. It's really, really amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much, Mifa. Um, it's been amazing talking with you. Uh, <laughs> I don't really like telling people about my experience because I only tell it to children I'm trying to get to pick up and to sit up and to make more effort. So, yeah, it's been amazing talking with you and I hope this gets to a wide audience and I hope people will hear and I hope people pay attention to their kids and become more empathic and listen more. There's um, a phrase that I like. It's one of my best quotes it says um, only the best of teachers hear what the child cannot say now we all know that the parents are the first teachers for every child so you have to be that best teacher you have to be that teacher that can understand what your child cannot say to you you can understand that struggle they don't know how to express you have to be that teacher I want to be that teacher I aim to be that teacher I strive to be that teacher, that teacher who hears the silent things special children are saying, that teacher who hears those complaints, who hears those wants, who hears those needs, and who listens and gets them fulfilled. That's my goal, to be that teacher. And so thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I am grateful and good luck to you. I hope you this gets a wider audience and I hope this goes places. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I want to wish Uguchi all the best. And I hope she keeps doing the best she can with this kids. It's, it's really amazing. It is really, really inspiring to talk to folks like her, to be honest. And you too can do something special in your own little corner. It doesn't have to be something as elaborate as, you know, becoming a psychologist or something. But... Um, we know not everyone can be a special needs teacher, but we can teach ourselves 
to understand more and um, learn more, do the research. So we are equipped to help these kids around us if we notice them. Um, I really want you guys to, you know, stay safe. Um, I wish you all the best. And once again, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, um, if you missed previous episode, you can catch up on that as well. I wish you guys all the best. And um, until next time, be good. This episode of the You and I podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs>